0: Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm KJ. You know the drill. We're back here once again to remind you about the benefits of the Dunlap Champions Club. If you haven't sampled it still, well, find one of your friends or somebody that has, you know, the spring game in the rearview mirror. Certainly uh, some other folks got an opportunity in there to enjoy what is uh, just terrific space. Every now and then when you're hanging out in the Dunlap Champions Club, an MC Hammer concert breaks out too so you never know what you're going to get
1: and if you haven't had the opportunity to even be there you can schedule a private tour just call 850-644-1830 tickets are available it's a it's a home schedule that uh, you'll enjoy visiting there and particularly if we're getting to those noon noon kickoffs you'll be air conditioned and ready to go well that
0: is a good point i just in general i didn't want to have a noon kickoff conversation but i get your point point. and the home schedule of course includes miami nc state louisville syracuse uh whatever it is the number to call or, or, or go online seminoles.com uh, slash tickets
1: and check out the dunlap champions club and we really like them because they allow us to then put this on the podcast and it's without commercial interruption is that how we say it this being front row knolls
2: take it away
0: Good day, everybody. We are back again. Tom and Keith with you. Front Row Knowles. KJ, how goes it? It goes well. Yourself? Excellente. Cool.
1: Although I'm tired of the heat. It has been hot. My yard is tired of the heat as well. I do not have an irrigation system. I have a Keith and Kathy drag hose system. And we've been dragging some hoses. If you wanted to stop by my house and drag the hose around,
0: that would... I, I'd, I'd welcome Do, do you it. have a hose? uh i've been dragging it around every day it's so damn hot out (laughs) supposed to get we're supposed to cool off this weekend right it's gonna it's gonna only like top out at 90 instead uh, of 100 or something Something like like that. that yeah i don't know i think there is rain in the forecast at some point you know what else is in the forecast what is in the forecast mr block more fsu baseball cool this is a good thing right it is i basically assured everybody last week that CJ would, would pitch the Knowles to victory against NC State, which of course happened, and here the Knowles are in the tournament.
1: Well, you, you were rather confident, you were concerned, but you were rather confident that the body of work was such that they while they may not be playing at home and obviously wouldn't, they would get an invite. and, and um, I've, I've actually done baseball games in Athens. Uh, I love that stadium. I know Georgia is very good, and it's going to be a formidable uh, series from that standpoint. But uh, it's a great place to to have a baseball game. If I wasn't in Hauser, other than maybe Arkansas facility, uh, Georgia's is probably the one I would pick. It's probably changed a little bit since we
0: were there last. That may be we true, too. the TV <laughs> together in 2006 when FSU played there last. And unfortunately – I sort of see this one going the same way. So I actually do think with FSU's starters – now, George is very good. I'm not saying bet the house on this. But I could see a scenario where FSU wins the first two games but still can't make it out because they just don't have enough arms. And if memory serves, and I didn't go back and look at it, I think that's what happened in 2006. I think FSU won the first two games – including a win over Georgia on, I guess, what would have been Saturday. And then Georgia came back and beat FSU twice, I believe, to advance in 06.
1: Well, and something I think. in the back of my mind, I also think that, that that second game against Georgia was played on a Monday. Yeah, I think you're right. There might have been a rain delay in yep. there. I don't yep. remember that those details. So who knows?
0: what? Really what I do remember about that, that was 06. Uh, that was the last game Buster Posey ever played as a shortstop. Because when we saw him again in two thousand seven, he had moved behind, behind the, plate, the plate and the rest, as they say, is history. Mm-hmm. Speaking of history, the bigger story here is and much has been made of this, a lot of people talked about baseball, but this is I think the only time in Mike Martin's career his team has been a number three seed. Correct. And only one of a handful. At least in the
1: in the super regional era. I, think, and going, maybe
0: I ever. think I yeah, I think going all the way back, and it's one of only a few times out of the last two and a half or three decades that they haven't been a one seed. So I am happy that they won. It would have been a shame for his career to end by not going to the tournament and by watching a TV show to find that out. So I'm glad. I'm glad that they're in. Forty is a tough putt from here. Uh, you'd basically have you'd have to get to the super regionals to do it. I mean, technically, you wouldn't have to because you could lose your first game, and if you win four, but they don't have enough pitching to win four games in one yeah, weekend. Yeah, that would be a stretch. And honestly, the way they're constituted, the regional round is the toughest weekend of the year for FSU because you have to win three games. If you take a normal three-game series like the Supers where you have to win two, well, you've got a chance between Parrish and C.J. and J.C. Flowers coming in to get you some innings. But winning three is going to be a tough putt for this team. But,
1: But that's why you play them, and particularly in baseball. You just never know. You may end up without any pitching, and they give up nine runs, and you score 12, and you still win.
0: I do think, and you sort of discounted this when we talked about it previously, I think whatever pressure there was on this team, and I happen to think there was a lot of pressure for them, maybe they'll play freer now. At this point, I hate to look at it this way, but there's no expectations for this team to go anywhere. It's a number 3 seed, so it's basically house money. If you go go win a couple games, you start playing well. I mean, the crowd's going to be for Georgia. Nobody expects FSU to advance out of here. It will do nothing but raise eyebrows and and, uh, create Internet headlines should they advance.
1: The biggest takeaway will be that for 40 seasons, and, and if you follow the, the the stats the two years before he even became the head coach, but for 40 seasons, entire career, Martin took him into the postseason. I think that's a record that will stand, gosh, for a long, long time, if not forever. Do you think somebody will ever get the wins record? I don't. I don't think so. That's why, that's why I don't think anybody's going to get to to Paterno or Bowden's win record uh, on the football side because you 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 have to get into it so early. I mean, if you're going to coach forty seasons at Florida State and you played any major league ball, you're going to be twenty eight or thirty by the time you get that job. You're going to coach to seventy. Well. People just aren't going to coach to age 70, 40 years from now. It's just not going to work out that way.
0: See, I could see people still coaching that long because some people are wired that way. I realize the money's different. You don't need to do it. But I can't see that level of consistency given the, the, the level playing field from school the to par- school. And, the and the to be clear, is
1: very very much comes into play as well.
0: To be clear, I'm talking any sport in college athletics, which really I think boils it down to baseball or softball. And right now, because there's not the depth of of teams in softball, it would be easier to string together a bunch of 51 seasons in softball than it would be in baseball. So there may be a women's softball coach out there who wants to chase that down. I don't know. It it's, it it does seem an intriguing conversation. It, it does no seem question. inconceivable. It yeah. does seem inconceivable. What else would you like to talk about? Um, Landon Dickerson is gone, right? Yeah.
1: Well, what was it? He put his name in the portal without with the please don't contact me box checked, which everybody's saying that means he knows where he was going. It was just a formality. I've had my- the way that works. Did I, did I read that correctly?
0: That's that's the school of thought. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody's really positive how it works. And it's supposed to be completely private. And yet we all know all the dealings in there. I've had my name in the portal for months now with big, bold letters that said, please contact me. And I can't get an area call. So <laughs> I guess I'm just going to stay in the portal. Uh, you know, it's easy to dismiss Landon because he's been hurt a lot. But if you go the other way and say, "Well, what if he was healthy?" that does make a pretty big difference. Whether it's this year's line or you're looking back at last year's line, I, I mean, you know, he's, he's as talented as they've had up there. Yeah.
1: If there's another if, there's another rule of thought though that that I don't necessarily subscribe to, but would also come in that he he's a part of the bad, whether he was hurt, good, or in between. And maybe it's time to just let's put the freshman in and move on.
0: So, you mean?
1: Are you saying, suggesting, just guilty by association? It, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. And turn the page. I I remain optimistic. Now I don't know. Now this is glasses half full talk, but if you just take all the parts, well, that it were, is the
1: summertime, Tommy.
0: It is the summertime. <laughs> That's right. So I've got them winning the Super Bowl by two touchdowns. Right after they win the CFP a couple weeks earlier. Well, I think they'll take out the Warriors, too. No, I, I <laughs> <laughs> That might be a stretch. Seth who? <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought because you brought basketball into it. No, if you, if you just operate under the assumption, and this is not necessarily true, but if you take all the parts from last year on the line and just say they're going to be incrementally a little better, whatever that is, maybe it's a, a fraction. Not sure it could be much worse. Let's put it that way. But I'm certainly not going to say that... The, the collection or the group collectively uh, is that talented because it's not. And that, that takes time to, to fix. Where I am most optimistic is I, th- I feel confident that the play calling and the scheming is going to scheme around this and the quarterback is going to release the football and not hold it for three weeks, which will make things look better and function better and, quite frankly,
1: not make things look nearly as bad as what they truly were last year. I think that is a very uh, real uh, that's not wishful thinking. That's a very real thing that will happen. The the scheme in particular, play calling. You know, we haven't actually seen it other than you know probably the first half of the spring game, uh, in terms of really doing something. But the scheme on paper, although it doesn't playbook doesn't exist would lend itself to not requiring the offensive line to have to do some of the things that the prior system would have. There's no question.
0: Yeah, and I think it extends even out to the sidelines, and we talked about it at the time, but I I thought just in one spring, 15 practices, that the receivers looked more physical and held their blocks better downfield. So, it, it, I mean, if you extrapolate that out, maybe the offensive line is exactly at the same level as it was last year, but you're getting better blocks on the outside, you're getting better play calls, you're you're better utilizing the skill that exists because nobody questions the the talent level of the skill guys FSU has
1: the the narrative 10 or 15 years from now when you can when you can say it because it's too raw to really talk about it still today but when you look at that 2018 staff there were probably four or five guys that either shouldn't have been there or were out of position in terms of what they were asked to do, doesn't mean they didn't put forth the effort. Doesn't mean they're not quality people, but but that staff was not put together the well, way they, w- Willie would have wanted to. This staff is much closer to being the staff that he wants, and that will, tr- at least by default, mean it'll be a better football team. They
0: weren't on the same page, correct? They simply weren't on the same page, and you had a, you had a lot of dynamics at play there. So he was only at Oregon for one year. Um, had he been there a few years, some of the guys that didn't come with them may have realized that they weren't going to be the next in line to maybe be the head coach there. Maybe they'd have come initially, but I think the biggest thing, and this is just the way it is now. And it was for however many coaches transitioned the same year that Jimbo went it, the, the introduction of the early signing period that year really was, uh, that was a tough putt for Taggart to walk in 20 days or what, 15 days, however many days it was before the signing day, because, Every year prior, you had two and a half months to hold on to those recruits, and you could go get a coaching staff together. But the year he transitioned, you had two and a half weeks to hold the class together while trying to piece together your coaches.
1: And I know I, for one, was – grossly misunderstanding and estimating how many kids would actually yeah, yeah because it because it's
0: become the norm now. yeah
1: I, I i you know you get five or six kids and then you know another 20 come february and it it just didn't work out that way
0: no it went the other way they they get tired of the phone calls mm-hmm. too let me go ahead and sign hey what do you think about the transfer portal by the way now that we're
1: well i i am a, a big believer uh in in giving kids an opportunity to you know move um i wasn't two years ago or three years ago. Um, I I think back then my thought process was, you, you know, you make a commitment, you stay with it. That's the way I grew up and that's the way the rules were when I was there. Otherwise you sit out for a year. I think the portal was an is an attempt.
0: Well, I mean, at, that's the way we are with my kids right now in Little League. <laughs> like you, you start it, you're going to finish the team this year. And I, then afterwards, if you don't want to play the sport again, that's fine. But you're not quitting in the middle of the year.
1: And and I'm not advocating quitting in the middle of the year now either. But right. the way you would go about finding out about opportunities, the way the system was set up prior to the portal, you were really opening yourself up either a for some NCAA violations right, wrong, or indifferent, or if word got back to the coaching staff, you were going to be in the doghouse. So at least the portal, while you still may be in the doghouse, it's a recognized doghouse, and everybody else. Well, that's what I was going
0: to say. It just gets you to the doghouse more quickly well, if it, the name shows it, up there. It,
1: it's an it's an okay way to do it. I'm sure it still needs to be tweaked, and there's some things they need to. And I know there's still the issues. Uh, you know, Nick Saban was was quoted earlier this week about how he's all for kids, and then they were questioning, well, why why did you say that there were a couple of his kids that were transferring within the conference? Well, that's the conference rule. That wasn't my rule. You know, I, I gave them the release. The conference wouldn't give them the release. So there's still some things that have got to be worked out where everybody's on the same playing field. But, but I like it. Um, I do think that old school coaches are going to resent it because as soon as a kid puts his name in there, then they're going to write him him or, or, or him off. Even if he comes back, I think it it's going to have a scar or a tattoo that will be visible. Um so there's some things that have got to be you know, tweaked. But I think given the opportunity, and again, I didn't believe this two or three years ago, but given the opportunity, what I worry about is going too far to the extreme. And you have some kid that ends up playing four years, you know, five years at four different schools. That, that I think, is a problem. But we'll see. I think it's a good first step. Well, there'll be a little
0: bit of an correct here, although I don't know how much because to me it's it's somewhat similar. You've got kids that are in the transfer portal that nobody's interested in, and they're still sitting there. And now the school they were at doesn't really want them back either. So they're kind of in limbo. But, you know, we're however many years into underclassmen can de- declare for the draft. And every year there's 100 of them who don't get drafted. So you know what the stakes are. Yep. You, you can turn pro early, but you better get drafted. And you can put your name in the transfer portal, and maybe you've got 100 good reasons to do so. But uh, now the the one constant, though, no matter how much coaches complain, if you're a talent, somebody will take you. The five stars who put their name in the transfer portals are landing on rosters yeah. elsewhere.
1: Well, and, and and this is a a bad way to end up this segment, but, you know, Art Browse has got a new that job. That keeps too. our streak intact, by <laughs> the way. Now, Art Browse has a new job. You know, he's back in the high school ranks in Texas. And right, wrong, or indifferent, how you feel about him and what happened at Baylor when he was in charge, a school district, a school, a group has said it's worth – Um. The, the 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 fallout and we're gonna we're gonna do it and he's got a job it took two years or three years however long it was for him to find one but he's back at his roots
0: and there was a lot of fallout for that Florida State has not experienced the fallout yet regarding Kendall Briles but that will come and and the university knows that and and most notably well I say it'll come if the team goes five and seven again it'll end up being a non-story but if Florida State has any modicum of success especially offensively those stories will be written about Florida State opening the door to Kendall uh, again, right, wrong or indifferent, nothing ever showed that that uh, you know directly implicated him per se,
1: but those stories will come as fsu it
0: It, it goes with uh, being you know you get a bigger target on
1: your back when you're having success you make you become a story and you yeah. get clicks, or it used to be you sell newspapers, but you get clicks and you get notoriety to whoever writes that story. Did you ever sell newspapers? you used to didn't you I sold um what was it a grit, true grit grit newspaper. Where, you know, I'm shaking my head. I have no idea what you're talking about. It was, a, it was a weekly paper that you would order X number of copies, and they'd be brought to you, and I'd go around and sell them door to door. I sold um, seeds. Remember, you could sell flower seeds oh, we vegetable seeds. It was
0: just a simple question about newspaper delivery. You strike me as somebody who used to have a paper route. That's what I'm getting at. I,
1: I, I had a paper route on the weekends. I was a weekend paper guy and, See? I, and I have, when I got my truck. I did it on the weekends. See, I, I had a feeling um I, I i've got no smooth
0: segue here so i'll just point out that uh the school year ends uh friday for those of you that uh, have kids in the leon county school system and uh madison social because they've got your back if, if you're a teacher between four to eight on friday to celebrate the start of summer or the end of the school year however you want to look at that depending on how you enjoy the school year uh your second drink is free if you can prove you're a teacher four to eight <laughs> friday night at madison social And Keith will be there sharing stories about the paper route he used to have in in Wildwood, Florida.
1: I I just – I would like to peer inside the head of Matt Thompson where he he just continues to get these ideas that I
0: wouldn't even think of. I would like to go to their their planning meetings to see what gets thrown because – uh, you know the old axiom that if you have got good ideas, but there's another 99 that stuck to the wall and didn't stick. They just fell right down. I can only imagine what they'll get pile a kick out of like. this. I got a I got a dinner invite. You know what he hasn't had yet? He has not had a night for everybody with a paper route to go get their second drink free. So maybe there's an idea, Matt. I got a
1: a dinner invite. You know how you get the Outlook invites from my wife to go to Centrally. And she planned it out when the kids would be out of school. And it's already on our calendar. And we've got a date night at in the next week or so.
0: The, the big, well, good. I, I like to hear that. But did she really just send you an Outlook invite? Or did she actually, did you have a conversation about this first? She sent me an she Outlook sent, invite. Well, <laughs> that might speak volumes about a lot of things that we could uh, pontificate <laughs> on during this break. And then we'll come back with more Front Row Knowles. <laughs> Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and Keith with you. KJ, I'm still shaking my head that your wife didn't just invite you to dinner. She sent you an Outlook invite, and that's how well, that Well,
1: that's went how out. we do date night. That's, I'll send her.
0: But, but you guys are old school. I mean, I figured there'd be a formal invitation coming in the mail, not just an Outlook invite.
1: Well, we might acknowledge it when we get home.
0: Moving along. Moving along.
1: All right, let's 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 move the program
0: along as we open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, Ensuring Your Future Together. We say hello to Trey Hackett, who is the director of player development for the Florida State football program, and uh, he's been on the program before. How are you, Trey? Doing well. How about yourself? We are doing great. We are doing great. Has it uh, been a good start to the summer, uh, aside from the 100-degree heat?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we welcome the heat. You know what I mean? So uh, that's just part of football. We play in any kind of weather
0: that is true uh, unfortunately here in tallahassee it tends to be hot weather is what we plan <laughs> no doubt no
3: doubt well I,
0: I know one of the things we need to talk about is uh, the upcoming uh, fsu football camp so we'll start there but then we'll get into to, to what exactly is entailed in player development but i'll sa- i'll save that for the second part of our conversation so i know fsu football is the website so tell us what you've got coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks here uh, on campus so we, we've
3: got things coming up on campus. Obviously you have the women's clinic coming up uh, this weekend, uh, but also we want to really highlight our Junior nose Camp uh, that uh, starts June 10th through 13th uh, for grade school ages, going into first through eighth grade. It's an excellent opportunity to learn you know techniques and fundamentals as well as, as, as have a great time. Our, our coaches and our student-athletes will be participating, making sure we give sound instruction like I said, we'll be competing and, and just having fun.
0: How many of the football players, the student-athletes, participate as uh, camp counselors, for lack of a better term?
3: You know, anywhere between about 15 and 25 guys. Obviously, they have to work around the schedule. Some guys work. Uh, you have workouts, and then you have classes. So a lot of guys love to participate in the way for them to give back and uh, doing what they may do one day or when they finish football, which is uh, coaching kids up.
0: June tenth to thirteenth. Uh, g- give me an idea. What's what's the day look like if uh, if you participate in the Junior Knowles camp?
3: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Day starts about eight a.m. Okay. And so we'll get we'll get started with some uh, calisthenics. We'll get warmed up, and then we'll break up the groups uh, into what we call a county fair, and that's where you're doing a lot of football specific movements, uh, a lot of agility drills. Uh, then we'll break them up by ages. Uh, usually go first through fourth, and then fifth through eighth. And, again, we're into some fundamental and technique things based on your age and your ability. Uh, so, again, you're going to really get taught some uh, real football out there. Like I said, coaches, uh, we're hands-on. A little different thing about our camp. Our coaches are definitely hands-on. And so you're really going to get coached up. And then we always have some fun things uh, to do, whether it be our smokehouse, our race, uh, we'll do obstacle courses and different things. Again, we want to keep it very competitive, have a lot of juice, and make sure uh, individuals have a great experience.
1: Trey, Coach Taggart has been very vocal in, 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 in all the places he's been. He's, he's actually put words into actions about making sure that the kids are getting well-rounded. They're not just football players. They're not just uh, athletes. They're not just students. Uh, talk about how how important that is to the program and to the development about making these, 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 these kids, these boys, grow into young men.
3: Absolutely. It's extremely important, as we know. Uh, at some point, football is going to end. Now, while we're in football, we expect our guys to to to, to utilize it and, and to, to take it as far as they can go. Uh, but what we understand, too, is that it will end at some point. And we want to make sure that their lives after football is just uh, as fruitful as it is as when they were playing football. So we're going to put them in great positions, different positions, to be able to explore a lot of different things. We're going to educate them. Um, we're going to make sure, again, that they're getting in contact with the right people and able to find out what they want to do with the rest of their lives. Uh, So, again, that's very important, uh, not only on the field, but also off the field, because we know these things do translate. So, again, we want them to have a wonderful experience here. And, again, our expectation is to win on and off the field.
0: We're talking with Trey Hackett, who's the director of player development for the Florida State football team. He was a teammate of Coach Taggart's back at uh, Western Kentucky, and I guess this is your 10th year uh, working with him. I I think I've asked it this way before, but maybe is the simplest way to describe, uh, you know, if somebody says, what is player development, is the answer everything that doesn't happen on the field, in the weight room, or in the classroom? I mean, it's everything else, pretty (laughs) much.
3: (laughs) Okay, here's the best way to put it. You have the student. And then you have a dash, and then you have the athlete. So player development can be characterized as everything in between. So you know you've heard life skills. Uh, you know that's certainly uh, what the, uh, player development is. Again, actually is developing all across the board. Okay, because a lot of these things that you do learn, these life skills, can be applied as a student and an athlete. So it's all those things in between that a lot of times we don't think about. You know, just being able to. Uh, not only survive, but also being able to thrive. So, again, uh, what we want to do is, is promote, uh, uh, you know, being well-rounded like Coach Taggart always promotes and also being able to give back and use this platform uh, to be able to, to have a great life again after sport.
1: Trey, I tease people sometimes, and, and this our listeners that have uh, teenage kids and, and have been around teenagers, I think the biggest transition I had when I came to Florida State – Way back in 1977, as I had free time and I I could decide what to do with my time, <laughs> and and time management, just to, I mean it, that was a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah, you you got things to get done and a limited time to do it, and if you're free, you you have a tendency to be a little lazy sometimes.
3: No doubt, no doubt. That's just that's human nature. Uh, it's funny because one of the uh, our former players, I asked, well, what was the hardest part of your transition?" Leaving college athletics and going into the league, he said time management was the hardest thing because if you think about it, we hold their hand the whole time they're here. Uh, we, we tell them exactly where to be, what time to be there. Uh, we tell them how to dress the whole nine yards. So sometimes it's a little harder to be autonomous when you first uh, move out on your own. Uh, with that being said, we do have some activities and things we do to incorporate time management and to really uh, coach them up about time management. And like, like I said, we can always get better, even myself as a professional, we can always get better with managing our
0: time. Those type of uh, lessons or programs, uh, are, are they more prevalent the way the calendar falls, you know, in the down times of, uh, of the year? Because during the fall, when you're on the field, uh, you're in a full load of classes. Uh, I mean, I'm just asking, is summer a time when more of this is incorporated or is it pretty balanced throughout the course of a, a calendar year?
3: No doubt. I, I think it can be incorporated throughout the year, but you do spe- uh, pay uh, uh, special attention, more focus on it during your downtime. Uh, those are times where, again, you can really sit down and, and uh, utilize some activities and some training to focus on those different areas. Uh, but again, you, you definitely do have to manage your life, manage your time, e- even during the football season. It is very important. So, again, we have tools. Uh, we use something called the uh, the academic game plan to help us again just to write down our day what it looks like because there's always going to be things that come up. Uh, that, you know, throughout your day, that, again you have to manage your time so that you can use it efficiently.
1: Another aspect of that, uh, Trey, and I know it, it obviously is very important for the kids that go on and play in the league, but for everybody in general, uh-huh. is financial management. I mean, they, they do get Absolutely. some money now. The, the full cost of attendance puts a few pennies in their pocket. And when you're 18, 19 years of age, you know, it's real easy to not pay attention or to not balance uh, what you do financially and end up getting yourself in trouble if you're not careful.
3: Absolutely. That, that That is a huge part, again, when you talk about your life skills, is managing your money. Uh, yes, our student-athletes do receive money, and so we, we pay particular attention into that, and not only that, uh, we're teaching them about investing in ways they can uh, actually start now to, to help themselves. We talk about credit, again, saving, uh, being able to have a little extra money to do what you want to do. So, Again, we're teaching them those basic principles right now because we want them to be able to manage a little now. They can manage a little now, then when they get the big money, when they go on to their careers and continue to play football, uh, then they have a great foundation as far as being able to manage that money.
0: Let me ask you about a trip that uh, you were just involved in, and uh, I know there were a couple of football players who went, and I don't know that this directly fell under player development because it was associated with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, mm-hmm. but uh, you and several student-athletes from Florida State were in Argentina uh, really doing mission work, I guess. Just just share some details on that trip, which I think was just earlier this month.
3: It, it was. It was a wonderful trip and a great experience for our, stu- for our student-athletes. Uh, was not just football student athletes, but also soccer, softball, several others, and uh, we went there. Yes, uh, in conjunction with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, and and we, we shared, visited, uh, we did some community service initiatives, and also uh, I was surprised to see how much football, American football, is prevalent in Argentina. So we actually had a chance to coach up some uh, some, some men. Uh, on the basics and fundamentals of football. So they have a league there, and uh, again, it was an awesome experience and opportunity for our student-athletes to, one, be able to share with those guys their expertise, uh, their knowledge of football, and also to put into practice uh, what they've learned. Uh, And what they came away with, one, was, uh, one, we're very fortunate to be in the position we are uh, as far as being here at Florida State University and being able to play the sport we love, and then, two, Again, it was just awesome to see the individuals that we impacted. We're still getting messages today on Instagram, Twitter, just thanking us about, again, the impact uh, that our student-athletes made, uh, not only with the the different football camps, but also visiting schools and uh, and underprivileged individuals. So, again, it was a wonderful experience. Our student-athletes grew from it, and they got closer together.
0: Our guest is Trey Hackett, the director of player development for the FSU football program. Trey, we'll wrap things up here, but just uh, mm-hmm. give a, give us a little idea. And I, I don't, I, I know for a while, maybe this is still true. We're in the first six week summer session at Florida State, mm-hmm. uh, so are, are we at a point where not all the football guys are back right now? But by mid June, pretty much everybody's here, whether it's an incoming freshman or a returning player. Or what's the landscape look like on campus right now? How does that work?
3: Yeah, um, right now we have most all of our uh, returners back. So guys that were previously in the program are all back. Um, They're here working uh, very hard. In this hot sun, they've been doing an excellent, excellent, excellent job of working and pushing each other. So I'm very impressed with the development of our guys, our strength staff doing an excellent job. Uh, Come our summer C-session, third week in June, we'll have our newcomers, uh, guys that just signed with us that will also come in and then get into the fold. So, again, right now it's a grind time. Uh, this this is where, again, uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to uh, enhance our culture and, and guys are coming together. There's a lot of team camaraderie and different activities we're doing. Uh, we're enjoying each other. We're enjoying the grind. So, like I said, right now we're it's part of all the process of what we're working toward for the start of the season.
0: Well, enjoy the grind, because uh, if you don't enjoy the grind, you're not going to enjoy what happens on, on game day, right? You just got to appreciate it and embrace it. We appreciate it, Trey.
3: No doubt. Thank you so much, and you all have a great day. Go Noles.
0: Thanks, Trey. All righty, uh, Trey Hackett. Again, fsufootballcamps.com. You can get more information. The uh, uh, The one camp in particular, the Junior Knowles Camp, runs June 10th to June 13th, and uh, as I think you said, first through eighth grade. So basically, if, uh, if you've got to – and believe me, I know what the camp – you don't have to do this no more go ahead and do your little dance i'm doing it (laughs) yeah yeah those of us are parents are trying to figure out what we're doing with our kids all summer and you try to match it up and then you try to pay for it all and then you go when does school start again by the way it it gets out this friday right (laughs) all right we'll get to our seminoles.com insider tim lunafeld right after this stay with us
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith.
0: Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ. And uh, uh, I'm going to take a big gamble here, Keith. You're going to roll the dice? I'm going to roll the dice. At the risk of everybody hitting stop, closing out your browser, shutting down your phone, I regret to inform you that we're not able to connect with our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linefelt as per usual. This may be the what first. in the world? Tim uh, got her signals crossed. Tim couldn't make it. Not on him. Maybe the first time he's ever missed a show, though. I would say in my recollection. At least without true. a – yeah. So anyway, uh, which means – but here's the flip side, folks. That means – More of us. More of us. More of us. Yeah. <laughs> You know, as you pointed out earlier in the first uh, segment, it is May, which becomes silly season. So we just invent
1: stories to talk about, which is what's gone on at the um, – you're going to cut me off? No, I'm going to bring up – I'm going to relate it back to Coach Trey, Coach Hackett. Um, You and I, you more so than I, but we got invited in under a prior regime, you remember, and had to do mock interviews with the players so that they would get used to Mm -hmm. how to relating to the media. And that's something that, you know, we see these kids and we see them on the national platform and national stage, Doak Campbell Stadium, 75 80,000 people in attendance, millions watching on TV. And we forget that they might not really know how to do an interview correctly and what are some of the things to stay away from and some of the things they can get tricked into doing that really aren't in their best interest and things of that nature. And that's also part of player development. Uh, just like learning to manage time, manage money, and et cetera. I've always maintained, and this is not a a Taggart or specific to
0: Florida State thing, it's pretty much across the universe of sports. you know. And and we were spoiled here with Bobby because every player was available all the time. And it it was a different era. I mean, you could misspeak and it wouldn't necessarily go viral. Well, it couldn't go viral in those days, day and age. Viral hadn't been invented. But, But the point being... I think we overprotect sometimes in terms of not letting the student athlete be available or whoever it is. And uh, the intent may be good, but, but you're not getting – think of it in terms of reps. I mean, you get better as a player if you're going to have the reps or the at-bats if you're a baseball player, to use another sports analogy there. Um, and so when you don't get that chance – I mean, you do the media training, but the media training is not the same. It's just like a practice player, and then the lights are on no on question. Saturday. It is no not. The, it is not the same. It's thing. better than
1: nothing, but it is not the same right. as. Right. Although I, I would only rebuff that, or, or any of the coaches that do it, and they all do it. You know, I mean, how many beat writers are there today? There used to be twelve or fourteen. Well, and now you know, there's three or four, and two of them work for the university, i.e., Lena and Lane. I mean, it is it is a different world. Oh, it's it's definitely a
0: different world. Um, speaking of a different world, this is what I was talking about that I didn't share during the break. So <clears throat> now this is from the reliable source that is Twitter. And I've not verified this yet. But we'll just go with it. it's the gospel. I mean, it must be true. It's on Twitter. Um, the C- the uh, SEC meetings are going on in Destin this week, as you probably noticed. CBS gets one SEC primetime game a year. And this year it'll be Notre Dame at Georgia on September 21st which means that LSU Alabama will be a day game this year instead of a night game. That's the kind of news we talk about in May because we have nothing else to talk about. Boy, that'll
1: that'll annoy some people. Where is that game played this year? I I don't know. I don't have that in front of me. That, but that will annoy a lot of people on both sides. Let's
0: we have not uh, talked at depth in-depth about this. Um where do you think because now what's what's happened in the last uh, week or so really? All the revenue came out for all the conferences. We knew the Big Ten was going to be at the top. We knew the SEC was going to be second. The ACC was – basically the other three conferences are all lumped together between thirty and $33 million. But But technically the ACC and Pac-12 were last at 29.7 mil per team, uh, which is not where you want to be, clearly. But where do you think the ACC will move to? And we don't know the answer to this ultimately, uh, so I'm asking your opinion – uh, in terms of the how, how far will that that needle move on the revenue side with the ACC network?
1: Well, two things. Number one, also remember that we do that comparison, but the reality is it's relative. In other words, it's not it's not Florida apples State, to apples. Florida State doesn't have that twenty million. Okay, whatever the difference is, but they got two and a half more million this year than they got last year. So it, it has continued to increase. Right. And that's a, well, I a think relatively if, sta- I substantial think percentage.
0: David Teal had a good article about that. I think if you look at it that way, the ACC by percentage has actually grown more than the other leagues,
1: potential, or certainly more than the right. ACC ever has over the last five exactly. years. So, and, and that's – I don't know about your budget at your house, but that's the budget at my house. I know what I made last year and I know what I got this year, regardless of what the blocks are doing. i got to manage me. <clears throat> Secondly – in answer to your question, um, you know the, what little bit I've been able to talk to people that I think might have an inside, you know, I think I think somewhere around ten million dollars per school is the initial conservative thought. In other words, if Florida State got twenty nine point three point seven whatever it was last year, with the ACC network coming in, whenever that first full year of the ACC network comes in. That number should go to 40. It should be a $10 million bump. Um, I think that's a reasonable, conservative, kind of middle-of-the-road projection that, that I seem to get from people when I talk to them. Your thoughts? I
0: agree with that. I don't know if I'd call it middle-of-the-road. I do think when I look at it, and the SEC got
1: 43
0: to 45 per team, I, I think the ACC network can get FSU and the ACC schools to around 40 or so, um, now, you have to get the deal signed, and I did look back, uh, you know, the deal with Comcast for the SEC network actually got inked in, in mid-July, so it was about a month before launch. So six weeks from right now, basically, you know, if the ACC was going to achieve that. Um, ultimately, I think they will get there. There's just going to be too much pressure on the cable operators and all that. But what, what you don't know, and because they're not going to disclose this, we don't know how much per subscribe what the per subscriber fee is i mean you can look up how many households are in each state and truthfully uh, you know when you when you figure in the east coast there's probably a lot more cable households potentially there than than in the sec footprint but i think the sec network it went to roughly 85 million homes something like that and a lot of that's national i think the acc will get a comparable number when all's said and done but it might be that it's less per subscriber than what the sec network is getting
1: that could be. Uh, I, I also think that five years from now, we're going we're going to be talking about how the prescription rate is done directly, as opposed to through the cable system. Did you say prescription or subscription? I said prescription. I misspoke. Thank okay. you. Okay, I'm just checking. subscription. Subscription. You might want to fill the prescription when you leave the studios here. Oh, remind me, Matthew. Remind <laughs> me to smack him. Um, but five years from now, whenever that change in the way people do things has come about. And we're looking in the past. Um, it's very important in 2019 to get those cable subscribers. I think five years from now, the pressure is going to be on getting those individual subscribers. It's just managing that during the process.
0: Yeah. It, 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 ESPN is not losing households the way they were. They're sti- they may still be losing some, but it's not as precipitous as it was. Um, so a couple is points here. Rain? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Go fill your prescription and we'll talk. Your your mind precipitous. Stan Wilcox is the only one who's put a figure on it publicly, and he did it at a board of trustees meeting a couple years ago, when he basically said the ES, ESPN and all the folks involved have told us that the numbers are going to look exactly like what the SEC network looked like. Now, in their mind, that's what they want, which means you're going to get the same household penetration and all that. But if you recall with the SEC network, it was a big pop the first year, or maybe it was the second year. But, but the initial one was a 10 or $15 million jump. And then subsequent to that, it's been a million or two, which makes sense because you get 80 million homes on board. And then the next year, you add 5 million homes. So You have incremental growth. Yeah.
1: Now, the one thing I think uh, Espen has going for them as they're negotiating the ACC network – that they didn't have when they were negotiating the SEC in terms of that direct comparison is Disney's nut is bigger because Disney has acquired some additional channels. So now it's 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 Disney going to Comcast and saying, if you want these 15 channels or these 20 channels, we need this as opposed to two years ago when it was eight channels or 10 channels, if you, if you can get your hands around that. So maybe the negotiation um, ends up being – relatively the same in that they can get a higher fee because they've got a greater number of of channels. But again, that's yet to be seen.
0: Well, to the point you just made, this is where the ACC is certainly going to close the gap, but it's really hard to predict how much because in some scenarios, for the reason you just detailed, somebody that doesn't currently get the SEC network Uh, and now all of a sudden they're going to get the ACC network. Well, guess what? Now they're going to get the SEC network too because they bundled it in to that agreement. So now even though the ACC got a subscriber in New York, well, the SEC network just got another subscriber and just made more money too. So I I think – so bottom line, this is what I think. The ACC is going to wind up third in this pecking order behind the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, But it's not going to be that huge a gap behind the SEC, I don't think. Um, It will be ahead of the the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Uh, so it will be a better situation than it is right now. But but really where I'm going with this is the thing about the Big Ten, and they're making more money than anybody, they don't have the number one resource needed for ultimate football success. Players. And we have it in the Southeast. And so I know it's jarring when you see the Big Ten has got $55 million. The Big Ten has won three national championships in football since 19, what, Since If you you start in 87, which is after Penn State last won one in 86, they've got one for Michigan, which they shared, and two for Ohio State. And FSU's won three in that time, and Clemson's won a couple in that time. I mean, if you go back to 1980, the the point being, you understand the point I'm making. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the dollars are one thing. I, I don't care what kind of Taj Mahal palace you build at Indiana. I'm not going to Indiana to play football if I'm worth a darn.
1: And 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 even things like Ohio State and Penn State, we're sitting here complaining about our hundred degree temperatures. <laughs> it snows and gets real cold in those places. Yeah. And if you're from the South, if you're from Texas, if you're from California, I'm sorry. There's going to be a percentage of the kids five, four, three, or other that say I ain't going there. I'm staying closer to home, or I'm staying in better weather. We do have some advantages that, that aren't monetary. You can't right, put a real right. price Now,
0: all, all that said and done, you may uh, – I have not encountered anybody, right, honestly, outside of you and I, Keith, and maybe a couple others – I don't know anybody in the last five years I've talked to that thought the ACC network was going to get off the ground. I mean, or that it's going to make any money. And there's still still skeptics right now that think the increase is going to be two bucks. Where I have faith is this is a joint venture with ESPN, and they know what they're doing, and they're going to bundle. I mean, if you're in New York, you may not care about the ACC network, but you probably care if they tell you that, well, if you want ESPN and ESPN2 – and these eight other channels, guess what? You're also going to pay for the ACC network.
1: And you may not care about individual schools in the ACC and you're in New York, but you're going to watch the Duke Carolina basketball game. And you're going to watch the FSU Clemson football game. And and even if you're not an ACC fan, just like you and I watch SEC games, you know, I watch Auburn, Alabama. I watch, you know, Texas A&M, LSU. I'm not fans of those schools, but I'm fans of, football right and i'll watch them
0: time will tell where it lands i do think the gap will shrink it's not a catch all the way i will say you know if you if you look at the disparity you know 12 million a year for the last five years there's some catching up to do that, that would have paid for the football facility that it's gonna be
1: i read one other article can you can you hold the thought i will come
0: back with my thought right after this unless it disappears from that mind of his front Runals continues momentarily.
1: Sometimes.
0: There's something
2: good waiting down this road. I'm picking up whatever is mine. I'm riding down the train. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keep. Big
0: test here, Keith. Did, do you still have that thought in your mind, or did it evaporate? I, I've
1: even refined it. Oh. I have
0: refined it. It's a good thing I'm sitting down. Go ahead.
1: I'm will use a different analogy uh, than the writer that of uh, the article I read, but he was talking about the how buying preferences and that the the buying preference and the way things are done with quote unquote the typical SEC fan might be different than the typical ACC fan. And they were using the analogy that, you know, the SEC folk go to Costco and Walmart and the, the blue blood ACC folk go to Neiman Marcus and, and, and Bloomingdale's. And if we move to that subscriber format versus picking it up on cable, will there be a higher percentage of the ACC fans that, that choose to purchase their goods that way versus the SEC fans in this very bad analogy continue to purchase it the old way? And if that's the case, then that could be an argument where the ACC revenue will incrementally at some right, Well, I point think that, that's
0: a bigger question just to viewership habits overall that expands. Well, that, was well, the, that was the point of it. extends well beyond ACC and SEC yeah, in man. terms of what, what consumers are going to want. Um, speaking of consumers, if uh, if you've got a do-it-yourself project that you need some help with, go tell Ron that uh, we sent you his way. He is at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. They're at 1110 Stuckey Avenue, 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at o 1200 or visit them online at ctf.nu. You, you can talk to
1: Mark or Steve, too. I know, Ron, uh, Ron always gets all the pub here. He does, and he will tell you he is the smartest.
0: Apologies to the rest. All right. Um, one thing I did want to mention, because this kind of snuck up on me, and I think we'll address it next week on the show, and that is that uh, we, you know, Florida State is highly su- successful in its women's athletics programs. Talked a lot about soccer and softball. We haven't mentioned softball here. Celebrating the 50th year. Which, unfortunately, softball is not going to get a chance to defend its title at the Women's College World Series, but still tip of the cap for the great run they've been on. Beach volleyball, all these programs, women's tennis is in the midst of its best two-year stretch ever. Women's golf, been in the top 12. Somehow I missed the memo that the track team on the women's side, was up to number three in the country as they head to nationals next week. So I, that was a long way. That was a long preamble to that point. And, but and, so the point is, there's another team that's got a shot at a title next week, and I don't know how the numbers project. But we'll uh, I'll do some homework and we'll, well have somebody on well, next week to well, talk about it. Well,
1: Mr. Bob, as in Bramham, Bramham's Is that how you say his last name? Yep, Mr. Bob. I Coach you Bob. M- I- he he knows how to work those numbers. I thought you meant Bob Thomas, who handles the sports well, information for training. Bob, a longtime friend of ours. So he'll he'll help us if we reach out to him. But I'm talking about Coach Bob. Yeah. He knows how to work those. numbers. Oh no, numbers. he definitely
0: does. They had a, they had a great regional, so congratulations there, and and we wish them the best of luck at the uh, at the NCA Championships. Let's bring it back to baseball, and then we'll finish up the show. So your prediction for this weekend in the regionals is
1: uh, win two and don't get out of it. So that's where I
0: started the show. So we're both more optimistic than most. So you think that Parrish and Van Eyck are going to
1: get it done? I, I think, and 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 maybe that sets us up for disappointment, but I think it would be fitting if Florida State could get into that final. I know they would have to, you know, according to L.A., I've got it, might have to beat Georgia twice, but, um, you know, I, it's just I can't see them getting out of it, let's put it that way. And it, And I won't be disappointed per se if they lose two and come home. Um, because the expectation is that you know they're they're not well. There's no expectation, exactly. Now. So anything they do is is gravy.
0: Like you know, going back to where we started, I'm glad they got in. Uh, you know, most would tell you that winning two is probably overly optimistic because Van Eyck has been really consistent. Parrish has not
1: been as consistent, but when he's
0: winning. been good, yeah, he's been pretty darn good. And he was he, he was uh, you know he's been a pretty good pitcher during his career. And, so. and
1: his his issue, my personal opinion is when when he's not been good. He's not gotten any help from the bats, so it's magnified. And there's been times when he's been really good and hadn't gotten any help from the bats. And, right. You know, it, it's been by the skin of his teeth. Well, we'll,
0: we'll see where it lands. They start uh, Friday afternoon in Athens. Uh, should be a good regional. I'm glad they're in.
1: Uh, and it is hard to believe we are at the end of the era. What's your prediction on the naming of the replacement and from a timing standpoint?
0: I think it will be uh, probably late June so
1: three weeks four weeks
0: yeah I mean I just my sense is there's some names out there probably that have expressed interest that are coaching with other teams that are still playing and so you got to let that play out before you're doing a formal interview Uh, I mean unless you're 100% going to say it's Mike Martin jr and then you don't need to waste any time you can uh, announce that you know five minutes after the season ends if that's the direction they're going uh, but I'm not aware that that's what they're doing initially. Nor anyway. am I. And I yeah. will also
1: tell you that uh, under the, the Coburn era, it, it equates to the Swafford era because there ain't nobody saying nothing. You know, we talk all the time about the ACC. You just don't get any inside information out of the ACC offices. Since David's been on board, there's not been a lot of information leaked out. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean that almost as a compliment. It's been, it's been tightly run and – uh, And loose lips sink ships has not been the issue under the uh, Coburn regime, that's for sure. Either that or they don't care about us anymore and we're just not getting the info. Hmm. Hadn't thought about that.
0: Well, uh, regardless, we'll do the show again next week, folks. Talk to you then.